What's good with you? Thank you for joining me. I'm Johan Francis CSCS. This right here, it's Ego Killer. It's on this show right here that we talk all the moves you need to be making in the gym to help you live better outside in the real world when you're doing your thing. EgoKillerShow.com. It's my hope that every day when we talk about this move on the show, you can apply something today actionably to get you over to be a little bit better even if you woke up today feeling like crap (laughs) feeling a little bit less than don't let it affect the rest of your day and your week you have the ability to change that shit (laughs) by being focused on not just gratitude but being proactive proactivity is important proactivity separates us from expectation that we kind of conjure up in our mind and forces us to live in the world of action. And that's why when we actually take action, when something going down inside our life, when something is leaning on us, maybe a little bit too much and we're unclear on how to proceed, maybe how to solve an external problem. Maybe it's financial with bills. Maybe it's family funk, whatever it might be. When you start making an action plan, you feel a lot better on the inside, right? That's because we kind of kick back on listening to the ego, which is that part of our psychology that is super determinant on feeling comfort. And of course, that's that part of us that doesn't really need comfort all the time. There's a part of us that doesn't need it because we're more than capable of coming up with answers. And so listening to the plaintive part of our psychology, nothing nice. Oftentimes, it's a trap. It's a trap set up by not just the conventionality of comfort, right? But it's also a trap set up by our willingness to sit back and chill and being actionable forces us into a place where we're able to kind of respond to challenges as they come when we're reactionary the opposite tends to happen and so there is a separation between being proactive and reactive i want you guys to steadily stay proactive in this all right i think being physically active is a way to do that you'll oftentimes maybe if you're here in the gym hear me talk about inertia right and it being the worst possible disease of or contraindication of the mind and the body there's nothing worse than an inert mind and an inert body especially an inert body i think is one that is harboring a lot of disease it's inert bodies that don't move very well and when we don't move we don't heal it's it's kind of like a bit of a mind bender because a lot of the times when you injure yourself the idea is you don't want to move your joints at all why because they hurt and so what happens is you start to be sessile you start stopping the movement around a joint angle because you're afraid to injure it even more truthfully your body is all too prepared your body is like hold my beer I can, I can repair myself. And what your body wants to do is actually start sending in all, you know, squatting up and sending in all those good micro molecules and nutrients that heal, right? Blood flow, heat, all the things that actually heal. Your body's really good at that. And when we start to be really stiff and inert, you don't get any of those healing processes. Injuries happen. Injuries happen. Injuries of the mind, maybe a lot worse. Injuries of the heart, also pretty bad. But today we're going to focus more on injuries 
of the physical body. And, I mean, all those things are kind of tied in together anyway, aren't they? You guys have to learn something about injuries if you don't already know, which is this. When you get injured, when you get hurt, you got to go all the way away in order to come back from injury. And I've talked about this in the past. When you get injured, you have to go all the way away to come back. Go away to come back. That'll be the mantra for today. Because injuries are never welcome events in anybody's life. They interfere with you occupationally, with your daily life, right? And it's even more upsetting when the injury comes by way of training, isn't it? Like you on that runner's high, you got that euphoria going, you got all the, you're running along and you trip, right? And you bust out your toe or something. You twist your ankle, but bad. And you're like, wait, I was actually out here training and working out. I was in the gym when somebody bumped into me or was trying to talk to me and I sprained my entire neck or whatever it might be, right? It's even more distressing when that happens when you're actually working out, but they set you back because now you're doing something physical you're working out, you're trying to be healthy and active, you hurt yourself and you're like, okay, well, I could have not done that, not been active and not injured. It tends to compound itself. But the problem with us is that we find some kind of ignoble satisfaction of working through injury. I'm no different. I'm no different. Never do I postulate that I'm different because I'm talking about it. You know, I only like to do this because... I talk about these things a lot of times with those of you that I see in person. And so what I want you guys to understand about injuries, you got to take the time off in order to come all the way back from that injury, which means you got to get loose. You got to get gone. You got to get gone if you want to come back from your injury. Working through those injuries, not the badge of honor you think it is. A quick example, like I'll be watching MMA fights. You guys might understand already, like, I love watching fights. I love watching Muay Thai, Lethway, boxing, grappling of, of the uh, judo variety. I love watching all that stuff, kickboxing, all of it. And uh, MMA is really easy to watch, pretty mainstream, so I'll watch it a lot. And sometimes you'll get the commentators taking a look at one of the competitors who's getting the Beats put on them, right? This is what you might call a mismatch. You might call it a mismatch. It's a, it's a, it's the college, community college school playing against Alabama. This is a mismatch. And what happens is one of the competitors is getting the beats put on them. They're bloody, they're bruised, but they're not going away. They're not going away. They're still in the cage or the ring. Mostly the cage, because that's where the biggest mismatches occur, typically, that are on TV. They're in the cage getting beat down, and nobody's stopping the fight because that person is still responding with punches. They're trying to block. They're just getting tuned up a little bit more. And erroneously, what will happen, by consequence, is transitively, the announcers will be like, what a tough, tough person this is. And I always cringe a little bit when I hear that happen. And it doesn't really happen in other fight sports. That level of um, detail is not really important for my point. All I'm trying to say is this. <laughs> when that happens, I always look at them and I go, you are not getting extra points for projecting toughness right now. 
And I'm not saying that you should ever give up when you're in the middle of being pummeled and you're getting paid for the fight. But I am saying that's not toughness. This is not the, they are not the exemplars of toughness just because they're taking a beating and refuse to go down. That is actually a little bit stubborn if you ask me in a lot of ways. This is what you call survival instinct. And this goes back to what I talked about being active versus proactive. Nonetheless, it's like this. All right? I never recommend or prescribe that a fighter say, oh, I'm getting beat. I might as well just leave right now. Never. But, but we love to crown ourselves and other folks with toughness simply because you work through an injury. This ain't, this ain't Bud's training. <laughs> this isn't Marine's boot camp. Where if you physically do not perform, you lose your spot for the for a while. No, 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 no. This is not that. This is not that. Playing through injury used to be the hallmark of the tough. Mostly, let's be honest. This, this was a, this was exemplary for for men. All right. This used to be the tough domain of of manhood. Playing through injury and look to some extent. You have to play through uncomfortability, which is actually the mantle of mental toughness. But the truth is, when you play through injury, if you injure your shoulder, we talked about it, you sprain your neck a little bit too hard, you hyperextend one of your uh, your low back because you did a little bit too much doing your deadlifts. When you do some type of injury like this that starts to interfere in your occupational life, especially when it stops you from making your bread, you will never earn a badge for pushing through injury and keeping up the veneer of toughness. It is not a thing. And so I want you guys to never, ever consider that to be the move. Toughness comes in from your ability to get back in it, to go away and then come back. That's why it's called making a comeback. It's not called getting a comeback. You have to make it. And so what I mean is this, how fast you're willing to get back in there and try again, that's going to be the determining factor of your toughness, not succumbing to injury. Succumbing to injury is smart because you get to fight, proverbially, another day. You get to try again. This is a hard shout out to everybody in my age bracket and older who used to be told that, yo, if you're injured, all you got to do is rub a little bit of this and that on it. And there is some truth to that in a lot of ways. There are gradients of injuries and the lesser ones deserve not much attention and a whole lot of get back. Absolutely. But the ones that are even moderate to severe, there is no valor in playing on, playing on broken or torn tendons and ligaments. Those things don't heal. They take longer. And guess what? Their half-life is a lot shorter. Your half-life as a physical body becomes a lot less if you play through too many injuries. Let's not even do it. There's two prongs. There's two aspects of recovering from injury that, let's, that we're going to talk about today. And the first is going to be the mindset. The other one's going to be physical. All right. Both have everything to do with you going away to come all the way back. You have to because it is there and taking time that you're going to have recovery on your hands. And that's where you can kind of achieve the most when you talk about your recovery. All right. So many of us play through pain 
looking for the comeback. But really, recovery is the name of the game. Think about the last thing that you injured. And I've met a lot of you that have injured yourselves big time. Meniscus tears, labrum tears, slipped discs galore. We're talking avlusion fractures of the feet and carpals, cataracts, whatever it might be. I've met you guys. You guys are battle-hardened <laughs> warriors when it comes to this gym. You guys will still show up with the flu, all kinds of things, <laughs> instead of taking that time off. Pick your last injury. I want you to think about what it was. The last physical injury that you had, even if it was something where you got severely sick and had to be like, you know, in a semi-quarantine because you didn't want to get other people sick because you had the flu, you know, you were coming down with pneumonia or something. Any type of injury, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about that. And I want you to f use that injury the rest of our talk here as I bring examples forward to you. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to wrap your mind around the fact that you're injured and that you have to now reframe the daily grind because what happens is your daily grind, your daily get down is now interrupted in a major way. And that has super duper negative effects on most of us by and large. We don't like it when our daily get down gets interrupted. I hate it when I have a routine set up and that routine just goes flying out the window because big E entropy says instead of you doing what you need to do, the world has its own ideas. Mother nature wins and she likes to prove it time and time again. Your daily get down is what not only keeps you kind of on track, maybe you like to stick to a schedule, but it feels rewarding and satisfactory to be on that daily grind your daily routine is what gets you through but setting up the new normal is the way you go away to make a big comeback you have to follow up by setting up a new normal for yourself thousands of times i'll talk to you guys and you'll tell me a lot about back in the day Back in the day, things were a lot easier. Back in the day, I was 150 pounds of all muscle. Back in the day, I was able to complete two, three practices at a time, get it done, jump in, do my projects, and I was in bed by 7 p.m., ready to do it again. And then injury happens, right? And then a change of setting happens. And we're, we, oh, man, I used to be able to do the thing. I hear that from you guys quite a bit quite a bit and while it might sound like I'm trying to kind of heighten it I want you guys to understand the following things will never be the same again they'll never be the same again I want you to take a little bit of the now kind of lionized words of one immortal technique and remember that the place where you are from it doesn't exist no more understand understand you guys that the golden era where everything was kind of seemingly coming easy for you physically, you were able to work out, waking up early, two workouts a day. It might not be today. might not be tomorrow. But what we're remembering is a time where it was all very easy, 
what we're forgetting is there's a whole set of circumstantial matrices that allowed all those workouts and physical activities to be super easy. Injury comes along and says, fuck all that. Right? We now have to retool and actually reframe what the daily get down is. You won't be able to walk uphill for a little bit. You won't be able to lift weights in the same manner. So what do you do instead? Well, you start to mimic adjacent energy systems. You hurt your lower back really bad. Maybe we're not able to do any type of lifts that require us to pull from the floor. Maybe we can push from our back, leg pressing. Maybe we can work on the Stairmaster or doing our elliptical, octane elliptical and going really, really hard. Similar movement patterns, well, adjacent movement patterns, right? Right, synergistic movement patterns but not the same thing, definitely not the same loading and giving ourselves a chance to heal means maybe if it's significant enough an injury, maybe it's something like one of those um, dislocated ribs that I imagine is incredibly intensely painful. Maybe we can't even do that. You know what I mean? I've hung around very high level coaches and trainers who can't do anything for a while because they hurt parts of their body. And their daily grind is to train and work out. So now that you have to reframe it and do adjacent stuff, that becomes the new normal for as long as it takes to do it. Maybe you can't get in the gym and work your sparring technique. Maybe you can't get in the gym if you have a dislocated elbow and work from the the wind bike, the airdyne bike. You can't use the elliptical so much. Well, there are certain things that you can mimic and almost get a maintenance level burn. And that's what you need to be focused on. But the main thing for your mindset is focusing on something new. After a period of probably about two two weeks, and I do want to highlight that there is a Dr. Chris Gaynor on YouTube And he brought up this study. He's an orthopedic surgeon, and he specializes in sports stuff. And and he brought up, like, a study. I don't know if it was a study, but he brought up some information regarding the nature of back injuries and what he said about back injuries and what portends to be the truth is that back injuries are very intermittent, you know, back will hurt for two, three weeks at a time, and then it will go away. And this will just be a common occurrence for most of your life unless you do some serious corrective movement and exercise, which we're going to talk about next, to replace the deleterious effects of your injury, meaning your back's just going to hurt for two, three weeks at a time. It doesn't mean that your functioning is is, is totally destroyed, that your daily life is affected hugely negatively all the time, and definitely not forever. This is just kind of an ebb and flow of your body. And I found that super interesting because a lot of us complain about back pain inside the gym, right? And a lot of us are very kind of afraid of back pain, to be honest. But what you guys need to remember is you got to go away. Stop working out. Stop doing anything for your back. Always modify, right? Maybe no more kettlebells for a while until that back is super healed and until you do the following three things. Number one, you got to spend time 
in isolation. I don't mean you got to keep everybody at, you know, you don't got to be in some kind of bubble, like bubble boy. I don't mean that type of isolation. I mean you have to isolate isometrically the muscles that are injured or better yet the joint angles at which they're injured. Spending time in isometric movements for those muscle groups is going to essentially strengthen, retrain, re-enervate the muscle groups around that joint angle. Now, how do you want to keep the isometric contraction engaged? Well, isometric contraction means that your muscles are producing tension. They're just not getting longer or shorter. Take your palm press it against the wall until your palm is completely flat against the wall and your fingers are perpendicular with the floor beneath you. Keep pushing against the wall. The wall ain't going to move, right? Unless, you know, you built it yourself. The wall isn't going to move. Your muscles are working. It starts to burn. But your arm isn't getting shorter. Your arm isn't getting longer. That's isometrics. And so we have to play around with that when we're talking about an injured joint angle there's a lot of moves and a lot of different ways to do that you can go to my website coach johanscscs.com we can talk there's some videos on there about injury post rehab main protocols that get you guys back in the game because i know that's what you want to do look we do all of this so that we can get back into the game we come back so that we can not just work out again but we can enjoy like our life so our daily life is a lot easier so that the occupational life the occupational projects are better are good for us right there's nothing nice when our daily becomes so hard and impoverished that it becomes impossible to do it you know we do all this to get back so number one is isolate it's being isometric around that joint angle. What, which joint angles? Well, you want the joint to be straight. And you want the two major extreme end ranges totally... The two end ranges of whatever joint angle. You can think of it as... I mean, joints have different angles, so it's impossible to say which direction you need to be going right especially if i'm just talking it out to you it's impossible it's literally infinite amount of joint angles but the two end ranges basically if your shoulder is injured your shoulder goes from here to here <laughs> from and to need to be worked isometrically so it could be above your head if it's a shoulder injury and all the way at your side for example if those specific muscles are hurt. So those end ranges need to be put under isometric tension within the frame of your workouts and your rehabilitation and your post-rehabilitation inside the gym, right? And you're going to get your coach. Your coach is going to know how to do that. These are pretty much across the board standard protocols for being back in the gym and working rehabilitation basically getting back all right so the first one is put yourself through isolation after that we're going to start our movement so our movement patterns are going to dictate how our muscles um move 
and function with load underneath them, right? Not just resistance load or weights or heaviness, but like with speed resistance, with torsion, with rotational forces going on. All of that is going to happen later on because that's where we live in a world that supplies us with, you know, sometimes you have to carry something around. Your knee needs to be strong enough if it was damaged. You have to carry loads. You have to jump in and out of the car with those loads. You have to be ready for that big E entropy. So number two is strengthening. Excuse me. Number two is stretching and mobility. So now we've worked isometrically through those end ranges. What we want to do is then move your body through from one point to the other back over for a number of times that becomes the workouts that the injured area is able to do right i'll touch on real quick pain-free movement a lot of the times we want to talk about stretching you want to stretch through a pain-free uh range of motion where there's no pain generally that's a good guide i have found myself but it doesn't mean that pain you might still feel you don't want intense pain intense pain is where you want to be hyper aware of but initial swelling and the like is going to probably provide pain signals what we actually want to look for is now compensation when compensation starts to happen not due to pain but because the tissues are actually inhibited from the movement pattern that we want like if you hurt your low back and you get to the bottom and it's still hurting and now you can't bend forward all the way to the floor without like throwing your hip to the right doing the dougie if that happens to you then that's where we want to stop doing our mobility work but pain is an initial signal intense pain is the final signal all right movement and stretching stretching i've talked about it before it's where we got to take time I think about five minutes per muscle group and just be in those long elongated style breathing patterns, right? And powering down the entire system, getting those intrafusal fibers to work. And number three, so the first one's isolate. The second one is starting to move. And the last one is strength. That's where we start to add load back into the system. There's a couple of ways that we could do that. We can work with joint angles that put our body at a deficit. Putting our body at a, de a deficit allows us to build more, enervate more fine motor units, the motor units which are then going to be recruited when there is more load and less range of motion. It teaches our body total recruitment deficits, meaning the joint angle might end um, like take your arm right now, stick it out to the right. Cause that's what I'm doing and pull it all the way back and try to put it all the way back in front of you going all the way back, almost pulling back beyond a natural position is called a deficit. There's safe ways to lift in that deficit position without heavy load at all to start to work extra fusely. Also putting your body in that type of a deficit is a good way to strengthen it. Doing really light loads in deficit is also a good way to start building back strength. It promotes proprioception. Also, working your hip complex by if you, you know, hurt your low back or, you know, pulled your hip flexors. Well, you can start to think about 
working your hip flexors by stretching and strengthening either your glutes or your, I mean your quads by stretching or strengthening your quads or your hamstrings. That's going to get your hip to do to be active, right? That area is like a nice they have a lot of relationships to each other. Your low back, your hip, your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, all of those are related. So you can actually manipulate one by tensing up the other. Um, strengthening also has everything to do with putting your body in calisthenically advantageous or calisthenically ready positions where you can do a lot of body weight flows and overload your body with calisthenics, right? You might even be able to work from the crossbar, working from the, the pull-up bar, crossbar. Now you can work uh, through body weight but get heavy, heavy, heavy activity on the loaded muscle groups because you're literally hanging from the bar resisting gravity. Now you can change the joint angle with a the TRX. There's a million ways that you guys can strengthen your body before just jumping right back underneath plates and barbells. And I want you guys to do that. All right. Let me know how it goes. I'm going to wrap. Let me know how it goes. Go to egokillershow.com. Hopefully you guys start to look. I don't want you to go away forever. When you go away, you can go ahead and go to the website. Let me know how it's going. And when you come back, yeah, definitely let me know how that's going to. Egokillershow.com is where you could do that. There's a form at the bottom for you to fill out. Rate the episode on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed it. That way I know, and it helps the show out. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Until the next one, stay up. <laughs>